I am your host, Jason Hopkins, and joined today with my co-host, licensed clinical social worker, Amy Staley, and our guest, Trace Terrell. Trace is a mental health advocate, peer health educator, and strategic storyteller with a background in adolescent crisis intervention, peer-to-peer -peer support, and youth policy. From middle to early high school, he struggled with suicidal ideation, depression, and other mental health challenges, further complicated by his sexual orientation and rural community. At 14, he volunteered on a youth crisis line, which helped him realize that his mental health challenges were a microcosm of public health issues that affected hundreds of thousands of young people across the world. Since then, he has testified before the Youth Senate Committee on Finance, participated in Mental Health America's inaugural Youth Policy Accelerator, and advised several national social impact initiatives like ASK, MTV, and Active Minds, New Stop, Drop, and Roll for peer support. As a sophomore at John Hopkins University, Trace studies public health and writing seminars and hopes to pursue a career in mental health policy and management. Currently, he researches the implementation of novel therapeutic framework and software meant to make non-clinical mental health care more scalable, cost-effective, and timely for people across the world at the Bloomberg School of Public Health. Trace, that's a mouthful. I'm I'm thrilled to have you here today. Thank you for joining us. I'm sorry that I fumbled on some of that, but like, wow, you are doing some amazing things, and I am so grateful that you're here to talk to us today on Nobody's Perfect. Yeah, thank you so much for the platform and the opportunity to be here. Well, well, it's our pleasure. I want us to jump right into the conversation and um, really get started and understand more about kind of what brought you to this place today. Absolutely. Yeah. Trace, thank you so much for joining us. I know when we spoke um, on the phone about the possibility of you joining us, I know I was truly inspired by your vulnerability and kind of what has led you to this amazing work that you're doing today. Um, can you talk to us about what interested you in joining us on Nobody's Perfect today? Absolutely. Um, I think for me, a lot of it stems from my lived experience and, and just personal struggles with mental health. Um, like was mentioned, I struggled a lot with suicidal ideation, depression, and some other mental health challenges. And I remember just feeling so isolated and alone. Um, and I think that's the case for a lot of teens and young adults in similar positions to mine, um, especially in a rural community that just doesn't talk about mental health. I remember we had um, one clinic, one state-funded clinic for mental health services, and um, everyone went there in the town. So it was like, if I said that I needed help and I needed to go there, then it felt like everyone would know that I was going through a really tough time, and that felt really scary. Um, and I think just knowing that, just knowing that other people um, might see my mental health struggles differently than I did, um, not as me asking for help, but as me being um, weak or unable to... Um, use my voice or to kind of thrive or excel um, was really harming. Um, and so, yeah, I think opportunities like this um, is all about storytelling and just making aware, making the awareness that I needed um, to really feel less isolated and alone. I love that. And one thing I think that's really important for anybody that's listening is that the the challenges that you faced in addition to the personal struggles you were having, but the fact that you lived in a rural community and to mm. what you just told us about there only being one clinic and you know maybe not feeling like your your issues were private to you that might be more commonplace or known throughout the community just because there were no other options for you. 
I think there are a lot of people that are listening that really understand that. I mean, you know, we're fortunate to live in a larger city and recognize that there may be a myriad of resources, but that is not the case for everybody. Absolutely. And I think especially um, in rural communities, especially for young people who already feel like their mental health challenges aren't valid or aren't real or aren't um, uh, kind of urgent enough to require help and support, um, to be in an area with already less resources and less care, um, it's, it's just really isolating again and again. Um, and so, yeah, I think people in rural communities really face a unique um, kind of challenge when accessing mental health care. And I'm really glad to share that it wasn't um, non-traditional mental health care that really um, helped me save my life, but it was peer support. Um, this idea mm -hmm. of acknowledging that other people and the, the experiences that they have and the, the stories that they have can help me um, kind of take initiative and, and get endurance and everything like that. Um, really, especially with resilience too. Um, that's what really, uh, at the end of the day, saved my life. Well, so if I'm hearing you, though, really, a lot of what brought you to the place you're at today was built on your personal journey of like kind of figuring things out. Like, of course, you had some traditional resources available to you, but it sounds like there were some pretty pivotal steps that you had to take action yourself to support yourself. Is Am I understanding that right? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think when you don't have a lot of resources, you have to take a lot of initiative um, to do it on your own. And I think that's something that we see in a lot of people's journeys with seeking mental health, uh, mental health treatment um, is that, you know, when there are provider directories that aren't up to date or um, it's hard to get to a clinic or telehealth isn't available, um, you have to do a lot of the hard work on your own. And that can be really, really tough, um, especially for people who just don't have the time or energy or resources like I did to be able to do that. Right. Well, and, and especially and, given and the fact that you're 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 not necessarily in the best place trying to figure those things out either right exactly sorry amy i'm excited to talk here no you're fine you're fine and i i'm hopeful that you could expand for you know we're all discussing peer support um and that's a shared language that we use and it's definitely something that's integrated into the nami model but can you um for those who might not know what peer support is or who might be jumping to like well of course i talk to my friends right can you talk to us about the peer support movement and and maybe how it was first introduced to you. And um, I think that would be helpful to clarify for folks what peer support means. Absolutely. Um, to me, peer support means uh, kind of leveraging the lived experience and the insight and wisdom of other people who have struggled with their mental health challenges and are now using it to enact change um, in their lives and their schools and their communities um, and across the nation, really. Um, I was first introduced to the peer support movement um, in high school when I was 14. Um, I volunteered, um, like was mentioned in my bio, with a uh, teen to teen crisis line. And in that model, it was basically teens responding to texts, calls, chats, and emails from other teens across the nation um, about different struggles in their lives, whether it was about academic stress, um, kind of like parental challenges, family issues, all the way up to, you know, rape, um, kind of suicide, depression, eating disorders, anything like that. Um, and it was really that experience of knowing that for the first time in my life, I, I wasn't alone, right? There were other teens struggling with the same issues and that visibility, that awareness just wasn't something that I had in my community at the time. And so it was really through this kind of like digital space um, and through this like youth peer support framework that I was able to um, kind of kickstart the, the, the help seeking that I needed. Love that. 
And, and that's so important and valuable. And in the work that we've done with youth, I mean, peer support is such a pivotal piece of support. And often the first line of defense that people go to is a reliance on, you know, their friends and loved ones that really kind of know them and get them. What you're talking about really builds upon that. It's taking that network around, you know, peers that you may not know, but you have some shared or living experience that really brings us back together in a way to support each other. I mean, I've said, and having done this work committedly with youth for more than five years now, you know, I think your generation is going to change how we see mental health because you all will talk about it in a way that other generations won't, you know. Go ahead. I was just going to say, and if you could talk a little bit, because I think Jason and I have also had a lot of conversations with parents about, well, yeah, but like, I want my, I want my kid to come to me or come to a professional for help if they're really, really struggling. And I think there's an important piece to know when we're talking about structured programs, like you just discussed, that there, there is support built into that, right? It's not necessarily mm-hmm. just like, oh, hey, I took these calls and I talked to somebody else who was having feelings of suicide and that, you know, then I helped them navigate that. I think there's, there's a component that that's going to bring down barriers for youth. Youth are going to feel more comfortable going to somebody who is experiencing something similar to them or a similar age to them, but that doesn't necessarily mean that there's not infrastructure. Um, and I want parents to, to hear, even though we, we know that peers are going to, or um, youth are going to peers and to their friends that these um, structured interventions also do have a lot of support. Um, and you're not a 14 year old who's holding that by yourself, if that makes sense. Um, I want to clarify that for some of the parents who might have some caution or concern with that. Absolutely. And I will say that, you know, with structured youth peer support programs, there is a lot of training that goes into it. Um, For me, I think I received over 80 hours of training and I received certifications like um, youth mental health first aid, safe talk, suicide alertness, and even assist, which is one of the kind of like nation's top of the best um, suicide prevention training. So there is a lot of support for the call workers. And what I think is at the core of these really structured programs, but also in just conversations with um, friends and peers, Um, It's just just the idea that teens are, one, already talking about their mental health, and two, they're already going to um, their peers for help as well. And so why not leverage what's already happening and just make it um, easier for teens to have the skills to just make positive change, right? Especially in a world where, um, you know, there aren't enough mental health care providers or it's too hard to access, um, you know, navigate insurance and access um, the care that you need. So really just leveraging something that's already happening, something that we've been doing for hundreds of hundreds of years, basically, um, and just making it more widely available to teens. I think that's so great that that you really have honed in on some of the intricacies of the system that make accessing care so challenging. So help me move ahead the timeline. If, you know, at 14, you started this youth peer support um, through the chat line that you were working with. It sounds like it really underscored and highlighted for you some of the frailties of the system. Like what really came to light for you that inspired you to go on to do the work that you're doing today that we want to, of course, talk more about as we move along here? Absolutely. And I think mostly what moved along the timeline was just time, really. Um, I always did a shift. It was every week, three and a half hours. And I think just how it added up really made me realize that, okay, these mental health challenges just aren't isolated events. 
Um, it's bigger than it's just me and then some other kids that are going through some mental health challenges. It really is um, an issue that's affecting a lot of teens and young adults. Um, and I think that's where this lens of public health kind of comes into the picture. Um, and this idea that mental health is truly something, you know, the same as physical health, the same as um, financial health, anything like that. Um, but that it really is a much bigger issue. And that's really what got me interested in mental health advocacy was figuring out that, okay, I wasn't alone, but then how do I turn my story? How do I turn my lived experience into something that's positive for others? And the route that I took through for that was kind of through this public health lens, um, realizing that there were interventions that I could take um, through prevention and intervention and postvention to really uh, change the lives of those um, in my school and community. I really, I, again, I'm so inspired. I hate to sound like a broken record here, but you know, I, what you said to us just now, I think is really important, which is NAMI's motto is you are not alone. And I think that that's really a key component to looking at sustainable recovery models is recognizing you're not alone. And in you showing up for that three and a half hour shift once a week, recognizing that there were many others who like you also struggled and there was a place to get support and a place to land and really kind of unpack what was going on. I'm assuming through this process, you've been able to find the supports that that guide you in your own mental health journey and recognize that while you're doing this work to serve others, it's also been fundamental in you being able to help yourself with the necessary supports you need to find sustainable recovery in mental health. Yes, of course. Um, I do like to share that um, get being connected to a therapist and a mental health professional is also part of my journey. Um, so recognizing that, you know, peer support can be the entryway for people to get the help that they need. Um, it really is a more accessible framework than kind of just going directly to a psychiatrist or a psychologist, um, especially for, for young people who, again, maybe their only psychologist in their life is their school counselor who's already overburdened with um, a really unmanageable caseload, in my opinion. I think that's the case for a lot of um, school mental health professionals across the country. But um, recognizing that, yes, it can build up. It can be kind of a pipeline for people 